Behold, my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, in whom I have glorified my name. Hear ye him. 3 Nephi chapter 11, verse 7. Hello listeners, this is Nick from Book of Mormon Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, Why does the Father say, Hear ye him? No message could be more important for all people in the world to hear than the admonition to hear Jesus Christ, the Son of God. On three momentous occasions in the history of the world, God the Father has introduced His Son, Jesus Christ, using precisely these words. This is my beloved Son. Hear Him. Those three times were, one, as He introduced His Son to Joseph Smith on a beautiful spring morning in 1820, near his parents' cabin in Palmyra, New York. Two, at the transfiguration of Jesus, when he addressed the three chief apostles, Peter, James, and John. And three, in Bountiful, as he spoke to the righteous survivors who had come together at their temple, marveling and seeking guidance. Each of these occasions is worthy of careful study and consideration. The first occasion we'll consider was reported in Joseph Smith's 1838 account of his vision of the Father and the Son, One of them spake unto me, calling me by name, and said, pointing to the other, This is my beloved son. Hear him. Joseph testified to others about this amazing experience on many occasions, and several of the other recorded accounts contain similar words spoken by the father as he introduced his son. In 1835, as W. W. Phelps recorded, Joseph preached to a church audience in Kirtland on the subject of, This is my beloved son. Hear him. No doubt he was invited to address that subject because of his own experience hearing those words in 1820. In 1843, newspaper editor David Nye White reported hearing Joseph tell of his first vision, saying, Directly I saw a light, and then a glorious personage in the light, and then another personage. And the first personage said to the second, Behold my beloved son, hear him. On another occasion in May 1844, Alexander Nybar, immigrant convert and friend of Joseph Smith, recorded in his journal, Brother Joseph told us, He saw a fire towards heaven, came nearer and nearer, saw a personage, the father, in the fire. After a while, another person came to the side of the first. After telling Joseph not to join any of the existing churches, the father said, But this is my beloved son, hearken ye him. The second occasion on which the Father introduced His Son is found in the context of the Mount of Transfiguration. These same words of the Father were also heard by Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration. Words from this important event are recorded in Matthew chapter 17, Mark chapter 9, and Luke chapter 9. Jesus took these three apostles with Him up into a high mountain to pray, and Jesus was transfigured before them. The appearance of the face of Jesus became something other, and his face did shine as the sun. His garments became white as the light, shining exceeding white as snow, so as no cleanser on earth can whiten them. Moses and Elijah spoke with Jesus. Presumably, they reported to Jesus their stewardships over the law and the prophets, acting within their Levitical and Melchizedekian authority. When a cloud or a heavenly veil then came down upon this scene, they feared. At that point, the voice of the Father came through the veil, or out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Or as more simply reported in Mark and Luke, This is my beloved Son. Hear him. 
The third occasion on which the father introduced his son is found in 3 Nephi chapter 11. The people in the city of Bountiful had gathered at their temple, hoping to receive further light and knowledge because of the great and marvelous change which had taken place at the death of Jesus. As they were also conversing about this Jesus Christ, they heard a voice, as if it came out of heaven. It was not harsh. It was not loud. It was small. But it did pierce them that did hear to the center, causing their bodies to shake and their hearts to burn. Altogether, as a people, they heard the voice which said, Behold my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, in whom I have glorified my name. Hear ye him. Each of these three instances teaches us things about how the Father would like us to hear Jesus. In his first vision, Joseph listened personally and privately. Joseph Smith heard these words from the Father when Joseph was all alone. Taking private time to get away, to leave the ways of the world behind, can open our spiritual ears that we might hear and our hearts that we can understand. The young and ordinary Joseph, like so many other people, had pressing questions and needs that no one seemed to be able to answer or fulfill. He took time out of his regular routine to focus on these matters of eternal importance, and he took his personal requests and questions to God. In his heart, he sincerely desired forgiveness. In his mind, he willingly sought and accepted personal direction. Because he was ready, willing, and able to say, Let thy will, not my will, be done, he heard him. Through the experience of Peter, James, and John at the transfiguration of Jesus, we learn that the Lord wants us to hear him through his authoritative priesthood leaders and as we all individually operate within priesthood lines of authority. We hearken unto him when we covenant to obey, when we go and do the things he has commanded, and remain focused and not distracted. Going up into the temple, the house of the Lord, is our way today of going up into the mountain of the Lord. There we hear the transfiguring word of the Lord. Finally, as with the people assembled at the temple in Bountiful, we learn to hear him collectively as his righteous covenant community. Notice here a subtle variation in the common formula in 3 Nephi chapter 11. Hear ye him. In this case, the command to hear him is in the plural. The invitation and the imperative was extended here to all the people as a whole. We too hear him as a people. During all the hours of that day, these people listened to the Lord. They listened as families concerned for each other. They listened as disciples charged with important duties. They listened as covenant makers saying yes to keep his commandments. They listened in harmony in order to avoid disputations. They listened to promises that applied collectively to all they that mourn, to all who hunger and thirst to all the pure in heart, to all the peacemakers, and to all who are persecuted. They heard him issue callings to them to be the salt of the earth and the light to others on a hill. They heard him call them to suppress anger, to not be judgmental, but to be reconciled with others in the covenant community. They heard him pleading with them to be faithful to each other as spouses, to turn the other cheek, to give generously to those who ask for a coat to wear, or a person to help them bear a load for a while, to love and pray for enemies, to give alms for the poor, to pray alone and also as a group, to build the kingdom of the Father on earth as it is in heaven. They heard him as he taught them of his future plans for the gathering of scattered Israel and the collective building of Zion. 
They heard him as he healed their sick, as he prayed for them as parents, as he blessed their children, and as he administered the sacrament, instructing them to pray together, to meet together, and to care inclusively for each other. In all of these ways, they heard him as a people, as a covenant community, as families, as fellow saints, thinking about each other, caring for each other, and helping one another. For all these reasons, personal, organizational, collective, Jesus came into this world. He came so that all might know him to be the one whom the Father had sent, to die and to atone for the sins of all the world. For everyone, he overcame death, unlocked the gates of hell, rose from the tomb, and shall come forth again in resurrected eternal glory. Thank you for listening. To find out more, please visit bookofmormoncentral.org and then click on Know Why.